is going on here it's me mr belding everyone welcome to this week in mormons i'm your host jeff openshaw nice of you to join us we're happy you're here and delighted to be bringing you the latter-day saint focused news for the week of september 14th 2020 i am joined by my best friend kurt frankham hi jeff i'm i'm best friend status wow that means a lot dude how could it not be means a lot We've spent one hour together in person in our entire life. And it's I true. Feel like that counts for something. <laughs> that was some good frozen yogurt. But I wanted to say, and since we're best friends, um, I was I was running late, as you know, and I was driving in my car. And of course, as a responsible citizen, I didn't want to text and drive, and so I hit the uh, you know the voice command button, and I said, "Text Jeff Openshaw." And of course, you know your your name is spelled correctly, and I guess Google does not understand that. Right. And so it looked for a J-E-F-F and suddenly I'm texting somebody who's not you. And uh, it was it was sort of an entertaining moment. Wait, is there a Jeff Openshaw that you know that's with a J? No, no. Because if so, I want to meet this weaker. No, it it missed. I think it was uh, my friend Ty Mansfield, you know. It's it's basically the same name. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I I hit it again and I I said, text Geoff Openshaw. (laughs) And it, it still it still did not work. So did I finally like, off. I said Geoff, but that didn't do it. Um, Joffrey, you should have said Joffrey. And so I just said text Openshaw, and then that did it. So, man, your Android last name's not working the very well, buddy. I know. Well, it's Google. You know, it, you get what you pay for here. Folks. Come on, man. We're both Pixel users, unless you changed. No, I am still a Pixel. So, what do you want? The yeah, four? I was I was at the last meeting that we of Pixel users we had. <laughs> it was. <laughs> What are you rocking right now? The three, the four? No, uh, the four. Yeah, I never got the four. Yeah, I got the four. I, and now it's and now they're announcing the five in like a couple of weeks. So. Oh yeah, when's that come out? I you know in a couple of weeks. Well, tune in for Jeff's unboxing. Of well, guys, Pixel it's going to be 5. wild because apparently the Pixel Five is not going to have a 900 series Snapdragon chip because Google's trying to keep the cost down, so it'll have a seven series Snapdragon chip. Snapdragon shift. Qualcomm makes the chips in most oh, mobile chip. phones, except for Apple. Okay. And ARM does a little bit. So the Pixel and MediaTek. Um, so the Pixels are flagships. So the typical one is whatever like the hottest Qualcomm processor is for the year, which is currently the 965 or the 965 Plus. But the new Pixel is not going to have it. Your Pixel has last year's the 955, but the new one's going to have a 765. So it has 5G incorporated into the chip. Did you want to talk about this? Because we Welcome could, back to This Week in Technology. You're what, no, This Week in Tech is a different show, and that's... It is. Leo Laporte and, is our friend, and... and as, do, they have, do they have as many episodes as you? More, so... Oh, okay. Lest we forget, everyone, so when Al and, I took, Al and I took a trip to Petaluma, California, and sat in Leo Laporte's cottage while he did his show and hung out with him, and that oh, really? trip was... that, And that trip was the, the genesis... For this week in Mormons, and part of the part of the name of our show was sort of a tip of the hat to this week in tech because we spent a weekend with Leo Laporte and just to kind of I don't know if we were just kind of copping out like thinking of a better name or but part of it's like an homage to that weekend. So were you guys already in the talks of like let's do a podcast together? I don't know what it would be, or did you look at each other and be like? We've got to do this week in Mormons. No, we've been talking about a podcast. So we we road tripped all the way from LA, drove Petaluma's uh, north of San Francisco, and so we drove up. But we yeah, we've been talking about it for a little while, and the whole trip we kind of brainstormed, and then 
spending some time with Leo. We saw his podcast, of course, is an exceptionally professional production. And I mean, this was back when, especially like before things like Zencaster existed, but this is when you have like dedicated CPUs per Skype channel. So you can like control everybody through a board and all that kind of wacky wow. stuff. It was a cool setup. Um, so yeah, we've been throwing around different ideas and then as we really talked about it, we said, well, we know stuff about the church, you know, we can talk about that. And back then there weren't many good podcasts in the church realm. There was very dry church produced stuff because their digital game was not what it is now. Their digital game has, they've caught up exponentially so, and they've done a great job now. Or it was the quote unquote questioning side of Latter-day Saintdom, we would say, which also has some merit, but we wanted to kind of be that nice place in between like active Mormons who can still talk about stuff. Yeah. I I think I've, I've mentioned this before when I first found you guys, this podcast, this week in Mormons, I, it took me about three episodes where I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. They're, they're in. Yeah. They're in. They're good. (laughs) And here I am. I I never, what I would love, what I wish would be to know which three episodes those were. So I could really give them my, I I would guess I, I found you guys around 50 or 60. Yeah. So, yeah. That's been a while. I mean, we're coming up on the big 500 here. In, uh, how, how many more? What are we on? What's this one? Do you know? This is 494, buddy. So, Whoa. Yeah. Well, that's huge. I huge. know. I know. We and applaud you. We thank encourage you. you to keep going, which will require people to go to Patreon. See what I did there, Jeff? Yeah, go to patreon.com slash This Week in Mormons and give me money. I do remember the moment when my podcast, Leading Saints, you can find it in any podcast app, um, that that moment where like it started to pay for itself, I was like, "Wow!" Like I don't have to have this awkward like discussion with debate your wife with about my how- wife. Like, no, <laughs> listen, like this is just fun, and I get it. Like hosting fees, right? but so folks, let's let's do this. Let's it make does, it does. You're not really doing Patreon much now, though, right? Didn't you? No. Move, Since you we became yeah. a nonprofit, we've shifted to right. other apps. But I say I'm starting a campaign. I'm 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 starting it here. Four hundred by four hundred. Okay. Or, or 500, sorry, 500 by 500. We're going to get you $500 Patreon a month. A month? By 500. Who's with me? Twim Nation, hear my cry. We will do this. I appreciate that. I appreciate all of you who do donate for the show. We know it's just not, we know it's not that big of a deal, but it's nice of you to do it. Yeah, it is. So seriously, thank you. Thank you very much for that. Um, Other news, obviously we're supposed to get to Mormon news, but let's be frank. The the news this week is weird. So who cares? We're just going to vamp. Um, (laughs) Zoom kindergarten sucks. Yes, we're both experiencing Zoom kindergarten in our households. We just started last week. My kid is a rock star, and I have a lot. I I want to be clear. Let's get this out of the way. I have plenty of sympathy for the teachers. Yes, they have sympathy for me. Nobody wants this. All right, nobody wants this. But we are grateful that we have the capacity and the technology available to do something. Okay, in the middle of a pandemic, so that's great. I'm glad we can do that. But uh, and I'm trying to remember that a lot as I sit there in my son's room with him while he's like trying to grasp what the heck is going on. Um, I'm just like they're all trying. We're all trying. These teachers did not go to school so they could teach five year olds on their laptop from their from their house. Like I get it because it's a mess. Yeah, it's a so I'm, it's I'm a curious, big old what, mess. At what point in their journey through elementary school or high school years? At, at one point, will it sort of catch and will be like, oh, like that's that's the, that's what we're missing. Like at some point, do they get to eighth grade and they suddenly 
like don't know something or they, they've lost all con- the concept of geography or something because of this holdup? Or, or do they just catch up at some point? I mean, I'm assuming they'll catch up. The thing is, they're still being taught a lot of the right. the fundamentals. But it's not the same, right? The, the rough thing with kindergarten is, yeah, I mean, kindergarten is so social. And it's and I've, like my son's kind of getting to know who the kids are in his class. But it's not the same thing when you drop him off and they're there all day and he's running around during playtime just making friends and stuff like that. Like, that's just not happening right now. Um, and so kindergarten's more about those fundamentals. I find a lot of the subject matter things they're talking about so far are things he knows. Like, they're going through the alphabet. I'm like, the kids know the alphabet for like two years. Like, this isn't yeah. a thing. But great. So they're going to they're gonna work on stuff. It's going to be fine. And uh, the funniest part, actually, they had, um, they call it specials. This was new to me. But like when they have... Um, once a day for an hour, they've got kind of the rotating stuff where there's like music one day or art or PE, stuff like that. So the music teacher was trying really hard. Great guy. I thought he was super focused and had a, had all his, he had his curriculum together. He was doing a great job. Um, and afterwards, when she's trying to hand off to our teacher and he's sitting there still, he's on the call with like all of us and the parents. And he's like, this isn't working. This isn't working. This isn't working. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you did a, you actually did a pretty good job. This is better than a lot of the other ones so far. Yeah. But he was frustrated. Yeah. So uh, we're getting there. Yeah. That's how I spent my birthday doing Zoom kindergarten for the first day on the first day with my son. <laughs> that's what we did. You're living the dream, Jeff. This is fatherhood. Happy birthday to me. It was great. That's right. How's it been what? for your kids? Uh, f- for us. So I have an eight year old and then uh, so she's in third grade and she's, you know, I think she misses. She's as most eight eight-year-olds are she's very social she misses the the friend dynamic you know that sort of thing and and we've been moving a lot so that hasn't helped with uh, you know breaking some of those connections as we move but uh but she's she was used to it from last year you know the end of the year she sort of uh ended the year with with this sort of dynamic but uh, yeah for a kindergartner like it's just this is like such a crucial like step it's sort of this this uh gateway into the next phase of life right and you just you miss some of those little nuances that you know that you get so but they're i don't know at the end of the day you're sort of just my wife and i look at each other and just say well we're trying here on to tomorrow do it's all you can do and just hope it gets better we can do and the wall get better um yeah we'll have we'll have some pandemic stuff to get into as the show goes on oh we will and we probably should do it right now but i just want to give a plug have you seen cobra kai dude it's the business I just feel like I have to tell everyone about it. I've been so excited. It was, it was you know, I've fun. been, I did, I, I would be lying if I didn't say in the last couple of weeks if I thought, you know, I, maybe I should check this out because I've heard it's pretty good production, right? Yeah. I mean, so it was on YouTube Red slash YouTube Premium when YouTube was dabbling in original scripted programming and they stopped. And so now Netflix bought up the right, bought the whole thing and they're going to mm-hmm. do another season. So I plopped it on last week. It's only 10 episodes a season. There's only two seasons. So uh, anyways. Dynamite show, everybody. Loving the uh, Cobra Kai. It's ridiculous. How, how far me. have you made it into it? I've done all, the, all two seasons. You're done. Oh, my wow. goodness. Well, it didn't take long. Are you starting a podcast about it? Like you, you The just Cobra Kai podcast, season? where I'll recap the episodes that aired in April 2019, yeah. the last ones. Yeah, that'd be good. S- speaking of Netflix plugs, uh, for, you know, we're out here in Utah, and especially our religious culture, we are, we're big MLMers, you know. No, yeah, and, yeah. Right. We are the mecca of multi-level marketing companies. And in fact, my first job out of college, I worked for Young Living, the essential oils company, and I, I traveled around. I for a job there recently. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, my, my brother works there. <gasps> oh, uh, 
Yeah, I've got an in for you. But anyways, they there's a uh, series, a Netflix documentary series called Unwell on there. And the first one is all about essential oils, and they talk about young living. And if you, I think you have a, you have a, you have a responsibility as a Latter Day Saint who's whether you like it or not, you're connected to the MLM world. You've got to watch this episode one, and it is just awesome in different ways. So. Yeah, it was the Young Living. I got these. Like, I'm holding a bottle right here. I got these oils everywhere. From did it cure your like sickness? Oh yeah. yeah. Let me just make some medical claims here that you'll have to delete later. Well, what, oh, we who just else is going to make them? The FDA? Oh, the government's going to make those claims responsibly. <laughs> right. Right. Someone's got to Jeff. The deep state's going to tell me what I can put in my body. No, you know who's going to tell me? Q. <laughs> Q is going to tell me. So that's right. Everyone, uh, so COVID stuff, uh, perhaps the biggest story of the week was a letter that came out from the first presidency last week outlining principles, details for members to, quote, safely engage in church meetings and activities, unquote. Um, it was fine. I felt like I read this and I just kind of shrugged. I think so Kurt, was- Kurt might have different insights to it. So the whole point was to say, look, folks. Stuff's been going down for a long time. Like, thanks for all the work everyone's been doing to try to, you know, weather the storm. Um, and obviously, your local circumstances are always going to vary. But beginning in November, uh, well, beginning soon, you can start doing more regular sacrament meetings. State conferences can be done uh, remotely beginning in November. And then there's some other just subtle changes here of the things they want us to do. But it seems like they're not necessarily saying get back to church. But it seems they're more the first presidency at a first presidency level is encouraging a weekly sacrament meeting, for example, whether virtually or in person. And that was not a thing before. That's kind of the biggie. I get out of right. It. And I think it's all dependent on like local regulations, right? Like where wherever you're at, right? Yeah. Like my ward could meet weekly in person in Virginia if we wanted, but we'd be capped on how many people could even be there. But um What's the what was what's the cap there? I think the We've been under the cap per stake president order, but I think the I think the person cap is fifty. Oh, okay. But we've been doing twenty five, which fills up pretty fast. So, and technically in Utah for religious services there is no cap, but I think the church has been uh, you know set with that one hundred or ninety nine people, whatever it is. But yeah, the services I have ten like you can't people aren't or wards aren't even getting close to that number. I guess this ward I attended in Kaysville was pretty close, but. Um, but yeah, I think and but you guys aren't even you guys aren't once a month or anything. You're still I mean you have meetings in person, like like ward council, right? No, we don't we don't we don't do ward council in person. Oh okay. why would you, you do, do anything of, in of person? all the meetings to do in person, why would you do ward council in person? Because there's waste. no more there's no meeting more important. No one needs it. Ward council is for the strong, all right? Cobra right? Kai, no mercy. So um no, we ward council has been virtual for six months, but our ward started last month doing in-person sacrament meeting only once a month. So the way they have it is the wards in our build the three wards that go to our building fast Sunday. I don't think I don't think anybody's there on fast Sunday, uh, but the other ones you get the building for a Sunday, so you can do as many meetings as you want in theory. But they're capped at twenty-five people apiece. So if the ward demand was there to have like all hundred and fifty odd people serviced, you could do six. Meetings, if you wanted to, right? But with our gaps in between to clean them, and I don't think like how would that go? Uh, so we've only done it one time, and it was fun. I mean, things went well. 
Uh, but so now it's just a question of whether that'll change, I think. But like you said, it's local leadership. So it depends on what our stake president will want to do, whether we yeah, uh, I, do more. I, it seems like here in Utah, like it's just getting to like, it, I think it's, you know, we're going to to weekly now, but it, a lot can be done virtually, which that wasn't really an option before. You can do a sacrament and meeting why, virtually. What, do you have any, or Sunday any indication why the Utah area banned virtual meetings? You know, does anyone know? Because I just don't. I I I think they gave like a vague statement about it, right? And even if I was to speculate, like I can't really come up with. I anything. just don't get. Like I try to keep an. I mean, I have an open mind. I don't understand the area presidency and what they're doing, and I get that completely. But you know, logically, I look at it and I understand like why am I allowed to do a virtual meeting, but Utah can't? Like we're not different people in different states <laughs> in terms of yeah. what we can do on a computer. Yeah. So from from my from Utah, it's the perspective here in Utah. Like this is like really encouraging. Like oh, good. Like. You know, I want to at least have a Sunday school class connecting with board members or sharing thoughts or because, you know, Sunday is just sort of it just sort of feels like the energy isn't there. The pace isn't there, at least from my personal experience. Right. Like there's just not something you're building up to or winding down from. It's just, oh, it's eight o'clock now, I guess. We'll have dinner because we forgot to do that, or, or I've been eating all day. <laughs> I've been eating all day, so I'm not hungry. So I should eat something with substance and go to bed. You know, it's like uh, so. This is good. I'm really. I, I feel like so much of this is is really targeted at Utah because in our case, when it looks at all the different things they encourage you to do, hold presidency and council meetings, including for youth, virtually or safely in person. I'm like, okay, we've been doing that for six months. Fine, and the youth have even been taking care of their own quorums and class presidencies. Continue ministering and ministering interviews. Yep. Best as we can. Sure. That's been a thing. Yep. Holding youth activities. They got the green light a little while ago to start holding them even in person under certain restrictions. But I was like, okay, been doing that. I'd say the one main change is it does say if you have a virtual sacrament meeting, which of course, as a reminder, you don't ever broadcast the actual uh, right. administration Ordinance. of the sacrament. This suggests doing it either before or after the administration of the sacrament for it. But like in our case, we actually do a broadcast for the in-person meeting. They do a live stream and the guy running it just switches it over to like a conference talk while they the people in person do the sacraments so you don't see Oh, really? It. Well, because they're not going to like do the sac- – say, okay, everybody, let's do the sacrament. Then we'll say a prayer and a closing prayer. Then we'll do another opening prayer and do a devotional. Like that would just be weird. But it does say not to record either that type of transmission or any you know Zoom devotionals or whatever else you're doing. I hadn't seen that guidance before, which is interesting because we've been recording ours so that we had them on file in case people couldn't tune in at the appointed time. And like as the executive secretary, I've had access to all of those and I've been like sending people links when they wanted to catch up on the word devotional. But I guess that's out the window now for some reason. So for that Mill Creek Fifth Ward YouTube channel, you're going to have to take that down. So You know what I've also been trying really hard to do? I've been working to get G Suite access for my ward because G Suite does. Do you do the free one with the nonprofit or do you? You know, I heard that and I should, I think I paid 10 bucks a month and I should probably look into that. Well, there's still extra features you can get if you pay, but you get like a decent setup if you're a nonprofit. Um, I'd love to talk to anybody else who's had success with this. I've been poking around quite a bit with Google and with my stake because they either need a an official thing that's called a uh, – basically, it's a letter that, that's on church letterhead that says like, this ward is a sub- official subordinate unit of the mother church, and this is like its unit number and blah, blah, blah. We recognize that, blank. Or you need like a copy of the church's 501c3. 
Oh, and you don't have that, do you? Which I'm sure is just readily available to anyone who asks, right? <laughs> um, so that's been fun. I've been trying to figure. I mean, I, you could just as well just like have everyone in your ward make in your ward council make just specific Gmail accounts. But I'm on this quest to have this and have a domain for our ward and have permanent accounts. So it's just like rsprez at yourward.org, you know, right. whatever. Like that's. Yeah, the problem is though, someday you'll be released. The new guy who comes in and he just doesn't. It'll, it'll just. They doesn't understand it, or he's not tech savvy like you, Jeff. If I luck, if I for some reason luck out and serve for my bishop's, you know, typical full term, I've got three more years in my calling. So, Boom. all right, I don't know many Good executive work, secretaries that do five whole years. So we'll see what happens. Well, keep us posted because then I want a full write up for leading saints of how to do that because other leaders would appreciate. I'm it. trying to that. figure it out, and like they're really receptive on the Google side. It's just getting the stinking. Document. Oh, really? Yeah, they're fine. Like they just have to get the right documentation. It's just hard to pin down that exact documentation because I even my bishop gave me a copy of his letter because as you know when you're a bishop you get a letter from Salt Lake that affirms that you are the official leader of this parish right more or less like my bishop you know you can use it for things like getting a license to perform civil marriages and stuff like that as well but I think mine's in this very room yeah I thought that would be uh suffice maybe they'd say okay cool because it's got the church's name it says the ward but they didn't care yeah Thanks, Google. You, you, I had to take that to the prison in order to prove that I could do uh, clergy visits. There you go. So here, here's my uh, certificate. See? Exactly. The, and it I, doesn't expire, so I could probably still show up and do clergy visits. Well, you're always a bishop. You may not have the calling, but you right. do have the office. That's right. Yeah. I got to get in a bishopric, man. How else am I going to be a high priest now? It's like the select few at this point. Yeah, man. Well, hey, there's only so much room at the top, Jeff. Should we have a whole other discussion? You're on the leading saint side. You probably are aware of this. How is elders quorum now that elders quorum and high priests are combined? Because I worry that it's basically just the high priests group and the elders quorum is this little ancillary tertiary organization. I basically feel like my elders quorum is run by what would be the high priest group and we're just kind of there. I don't know if this is commonplace or not. How many how many typically showed up pre pandemic? Uh, you know, I mean everyone had callings aside if if you take out the ones who had callings elsewhere in the ward, you know, we'd have like 30 guys in there maybe. Yeah, I think it just depends on the word. I mean, my experience uh, hasn't, I haven't felt like a dominant high priest uh, voice per se, but uh, I don't know. I think I, maybe it all depends on who the elders court president Dude, the is. Saddest it thing, is a high priest. The saddest thing are, uh, I shouldn't say saddest thing. Our elders quorum lessons are lovely, but I feel bad because like 10 people show up when they do them on Zoom right now. Like nobody. Oh, yeah. I mean, a few more trickle in, but it's it's not the best attended. And yeah, I, I I, pre- I would say having a traditional lesson on Zoom is probably not the way to go. But it's tough. But I don't know what else you're gonna do, right? Don't, don't abandon the effort, man. Well, no, I wouldn't say abandon it. But uh, I, I mean, Zoom's a, a tough, a tough thing. I mean, you have to, you have to figure out how to maybe use some of the resources and chats and the and as we're learning the a lot, polls of, and the like, yeah. like kindergarten's showing us many people, even teachers yeah. included, like don't know. You know how to do all that. That's not their job, right? So it's yeah, uh, yeah it's fun. So shall we? Uh, what do you know about the Scripture Citation Index, Jeff? My understanding is citations are used to prove that someone said something. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's that's. Have you used it actively? Or? No, I've never. No, no. I, I've this you, this weird feature I never knew about. I mean, I've done cross referencing with the footnotes. Oh, this is a phenomenal application. But, yeah, tell us more about it. Yeah, so I've actually been aware of it for quite a few years. Oh. Yeah, you know, I'm just uh, I'm always in the up and up here of uh, of latest apps. Um, so basically, and this is good. So 
you know, I would find, you know, you, maybe you get a, you're preparing a church talk for your upcoming Zoom sacrament meeting, and uh, you have a topic, and you can maybe find a few scriptures related to that, and then you say, hmm, I wonder who has used this scripture yeah. in a in a talk, and you find it, and that leads you, you know, then you read the conference talk, and it opens you up to maybe some further gospel points and quotes and concepts there. So they have a, a great app that works gr- smooth and. Is there is there a phone app for this? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it a dedicated app or is it just buried into a gospel library? No, it's it's dedicated. This is a BYU project. The design that, of it uh, looks very 2008, so I can appreciate it. Yes. That. Yeah. Yes, it is very. It feels that way too. It's sort of retro. So, yeah. uh, but uh, yeah, it's cool. They're, it's brown everywhere. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> brown. Wood panels. It's They're trying to f- make you feel like you're in church. Songs. Okay. Sorry. I, the, um, I'm not hijacking your story, but it is fun to see. It shows how many citations there are by book of scripture, right? <laughs> and Songs of Solomon. Songs of Solomon doesn't have the lowest. It has 13. Like Nahum has nine. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything lower than that. Maybe but, it's just a list of references of how the Songs of Solomon is not inspired. Take a guess which Old Testament book has the most. You'll get it. Um, a- Esther. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Esther. <laughs> uh, Isaiah. There you go. That's the one. Yeah. Continue your story. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, they just sort of give the history of cool. this app. Um, it goes deep too, man. Like I looked at Song yeah, of Sol. Like- I looked at the Song of Solomon, chapter two, verses eleven through twelve, and it's a 1959 citation. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. So check it out. The Church News highlighted it, and uh, you know, if you're behind the times, then uh, get up with the times. <laughs> what do you got, Jeff? Um. Well, uh, it, it, there's it just just random. Let's hit yeah. the serious news here. The church released a rendering for the and, and released the site location. Actually, for a couple of temples, I'm behind right now, but for the uh, Davao Philippines Temple, and it's fine. Yep, it's going to be an eighteen thousand four hundred fifty square foot temple, and uh, it's going to be down there in Davao City. That's down there on the southern island of the Philippines, Mindanao, and. Uh, that's what they're going to have there. It's going to have a temple there. and it's, I sense that you're not impressed with it. It's fine. Like, it's fine. It looks like it's at least two stories, which is good, considering it's only 18,000 square feet. Uh, no Moroni, as I'm pretty much expecting now in every temple from this point forward. Uh, and the design's okay. It sort of leans into Spanish colonial a little bit, but... I feel like they could plop this anywhere. This is not one of the ones where... I, I mean, it's Spanish colonial would be somewhat reflective of Filipino history and culture, and I know they try to do that, but this just kind of feels like one of the ones I just chucked there and said, cool, it's good. Put it up there, Bob. We're good. Happy time. Done. Moving on to the next temple, right? They've got they got a lot I to I forgot. They did release another, um, what was the other temple rendering? Oh, they all, we didn't, I didn't put this in the Trello, but they also released the rendering and, and location just uh, today, I believe, for the temple in Papua New Guinea, which fascinates me a bit more because it's just awesome we're putting a temple in Papua New Guinea. This is one we kind of called for in our temple predictions a couple of times over the years. So it's going to be over there in Port Moresby. Based on the look, I'm thinking offhand, is this, I don't think it's similar to Puerto Rico. Might be though. How many square feet is it? That's what I'll always tell you. Yeah, less than 10,000 square feet. I think this is going to be kind of like the ones in Guam, Puerto Rico, Cape Verde. Uh, But it's got a better spire. It looks cool. It's good. Good times. It'll do. It'll do ordinances. It's fine. Maybe I'm more charitable towards Papua New Guinea because, hey, it's cool. It's this temple in Australasia that 
I mean, it's just, they get a temple, whereas the Philippines, every conference, it's like playing bingo on how many temples are going to be announced for the Philippines. So whatever, Philippines. Whatever. And I'll drop another quick one here for funsies. Let's hear it. Did you know that wildfires are hurting people, Kurt? And they're also hurting Latter-day Saints. They hurt people and they stink unless they're a natural byproduct of nature, in which case they're an important fire because they clear out underbrush. Uh, in this case, the Church News was kind enough to write an article about wild fl- wildfire destroying or damaging dozens of Latter-day Saint homes in Oregon. Dozens this was of not them. the This was not the gender reveal fire, right? No, <laughs> no. Did you hear about that? There's been two of them now, apparently. I have... I have leading a campaign against gender reveals. I can I can't stomach them, Jeff. I don't love and them. So to either. hear that one led in destruction is proof that they are not of God. Yeah. I don't love them much either. I kind of try to be They're silly. to each their own, but I think it's point but I'm more of a planner. Like, no, tell me my kid's gender so I can plan around the freaking birth and like chart this kid's life. Come on. Right. Come on. And you guys you guys always find out the gender. Yeah. That, why not? Yeah. So that way it was yeah. disappointing every time I, it was I'm a there boy. Too. Um we love you, youngest. We love you very. My wife actually. We're digressing all over the place. We we wanted we you know we were hoping for a girl for number three, and then when it was a boy, I was kind of like, okay, well it's fine. My wife had a harder time with it, and but, you know we're fine. But so I see our son now. He's almost five months old, and I'll be like, I'll still can be like, we're so happy you're here. And one time I was saying that to him, and my Danielle's like, she's like, you know that you say that to him a lot, as if you're like making excuses for. Him. We're trying to like fix the situation. And, like I think in the back of my mind, I'm still worried that we're like disappointed he's not a girl. So I'm like, we love you. It's great. You're doing a great job. You're part of the team, buddy. Don't worry. Trying to convince yourself, Jeff, with those affirmations, right? Yeah. We and love you that you're a boy. I do. So uh, anyways, there's. it turns out that it's the fires in Oregon and elsewhere destroying Latter-day Saint homes. Also non-Latter-day Saint homes, in case you were curious. That's what. Oh, really? Yeah. It wasn't just an arsonist running around a like like unto the tornado in Salt Lake that we all know leaped and jumped around the city to destroy strip clubs, according to urban legend. The fires as well jump around and and target Mormons in particular. I have it on good authority. The RLDS residents of Oregon are fine. Really? Hey. Well, you got to pay your tithing, Jeff, because that's fire insurance, you know. Are we like we're like Wonder Bird Legend away from someone saying like our house burned down, but our garments were totally intact in the drawer? You know that stuff happens, Jeff. Okay. I love. I. I, I have no doubt it has happened. I just like Mormon folklore a lot. I, oh, I know, and it's. It's everywhere, it seems. No disrespect so let's, to the temple. I just, you know, you've all heard that. Right. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, did you know the pandemic disrupted Mormon missions? Stop Jeff? it. But, I thought everything was fine. But these Houstonians are still determined to serve. So this is the Houston Chronicle, a, a nice write-up about missionaries. It always has the uh, the standard, did you know that they are assigned a companion? Where is this? Um Let's see. Well, that's, these Just, these are good in that sense, in that these are well written stories that do not assume the reader is familiar with the ins and outs of how yeah yeah Latter Day Saint missionaries right. work. So I appreciate that because it's a good yeah I appreciate it. It's always from our you know it being in, in inside the circle, Jeff. It's sometimes <laughs> cute to read. Um, 
Anyways, it just talks about how, you know, the dynamic of the pandemic has impacted these missionaries in Houston and how they're still trying to find creative ways to serve. And um, I've heard of a lot of creative ways that missionaries are doing this. But, and it seems like, so all the stateside missionaries, they've, they've remained in their mission and tried to make the best of it. And I think with, yeah. just like with everything, they're getting more and more, you know, uh, freedom to do maybe more traditional missionary work, but it's still a bit touch and go. But any, uh, what, what are the, I got a text from somebody in my ward saying that the missionaries, they wanted to have a Zoom call. They're trying to have a Zoom call with everybody, every family in this in the ward. So I'm like, oh, sure, you know, put me on the list. Or what are your... You have a good have attitude. You, I'm like, leave me alone, dude. I don't need... This is not a good use of my time right now. <laughs> Zoom, another Zoom call. So do you even hear from the missionaries in your area? Uh, I mean, we hear from them, and you know, they sit in ward council. Like I'm in contact with them regularly. They have not done the oh, okay. the family Zoom call thing with us yet, which they try to do as well. Like I, I, I mean, I, I'm sarcastic about a lot of this, but I feel a lot for missionaries right now. I mean, it's tough. Yeah, like you, they might be easing in, like you said, here and there, but for the most part, they're stuck in their apartment, just trying to like yeah. keep up with investigators or sorry, persons being taught. They're not called that anymore. Future members, whatever we're calling them. Um, that one's worse. Recruits, Jeff. I think we're going with recruits. <laughs> it's like that meme we had from a couple of months ago. You know that one that said, when you accidentally don't have them read, was it first Nephi or third Nephi oh, yeah. 11? And it's third, whatever. Third the one Nephi. that talks about like join our secret or dark works or something like that. <laughs> I just, I feel for missionaries a lot. This is not an easy time to be a missionary. Like you're just. Right. Yeah. And I had an interesting discussion today with a friend who mentioned that they have a, a 18, 19 year old and they're sort of just putting it off. Right. And especially, you know, this. Well, they they're gave st- him that option too, like go back out yeah, in the yeah. field. And it's, or- and it's, it's fine. But he's sort of putting it off because he's sort of he's really sort of always dreamt of a foreign speaking mission, and really, if you put your papers in today, that's a lot less likely to happen, right? I mean, Jeff Elder Openshaw could have been in Sacramento like a loser. I know Sacramento, where all they send the rebellious missionaries, or or worse, I would have gone to Madrid. Those people are the people. Those people are the pits. It, but maybe, maybe at the same time, maybe we're getting to that place that President. This is paraphrasing, but that President McKay alluded to. I think it was President McKay many years ago, and that at some point the church will be built out so much, and the missionary ef- effort and workforce built out so much that everyone's basically just serving in their native country. Yeah, right. Maybe and maybe COVID is helping us lean into that more. And uh, I don't know if you remember this. Remember, we did this interview once with the Kamora people. What are they? The, uh, you mean the one when you and I recorded with Matt Martinick? Yes, and, and, and we lost half his audio, so and then it just it. didn't yeah. work. Yeah. But he had some interesting uh, observations in that that, like countries that didn't have missionary work, like or like formal missionaries assigned there, they were like thriving in missionary work. And, like there's several anecdotes of that happening, right? And so it makes it's interesting to think, like, yeah, you know, why why not send somebody to who's in Salt Lake, send them to Spanish Fork for you know, I don't know, get it work or. Okay, well, the reason why Spanish Fork, one thing, awesome because Danish people settled it, and also because Brigham Young, this is pretty famous. So, Iceland did Iceland only became a completely independent country in the 20th century, but you know, it was part of like the Kingdom of Denmark or Denmark Norway, different things like that. 
But also, I think because of just ignorance to the geopolitics of Europe, when Icelandic saints came across the plains and settled, Brigham Young just said, just sent them to Spanish Fork because he's like, well, they're Danish and just sent them down there. And like, they don't speak Danish. They speak Icelandic. That's all. Iceland actually had a robust missionary effort way back when. It's one of those cases where obviously the gathering mattered and I think helped sustain the church during those early days. But if it hadn't happened, I think you'd be looking at Iceland with a substantial Latter-day Saint population. And it's a country of only 300,000 people to begin with today. That's a, sorry about that. That's a, you, you, you took the largest left turn I've ever heard in the history. What were we talking about? <laughs> I just happened to mention Spanish Fork. Oh, They're, also the other good thing about Spanish Fork, everyone look up the time Rage Against the Machine performed in Spanish sorry, Fork. Sorry, folks. This isn't my podcast. It's Jeff's. I'm just along the ride with Are you the familiar with the Rage Against the Machine and Spanish Fork story? I have no idea what you're talking okay, about. Okay, Rage Against the Machine is a band. You know who that is, right? Yeah, yeah, I know the I'm So everyone looked this up. It was like it's probably late nineties. Um for some reason their agent booked a concert in Spanish Fork for Rage Against the Machine. And it became this hilarious thing where, as you might imagine, the residents of Spanish Fork thought that like the hooligans were going to come and destroy their town. It's a great little bit of of local. Just look it up. It's funny. It's really really. What would funny. be the the equivalent in in twenty twenty if if Tuwillis? I think this would be like Cardi B Kanye? Cardi B performing oh, yeah. forum. <laughs> Actually, that could happen because they've got the McKay Center. I don't. You know what I mean? But yeah. Tuwilla, maybe in Stansbury Park. Anyways, we were talking about missionary work in these. It's great. These going trying to... times. Yeah. Let's talk about so something keep more going, fun. Houstonians. Let's talk about something more fun here. According to the Salt Lake Tribune, the godless Salt Lake Tribune. Um, Amen, Jeff. I'm glad you said it. Thank you. The horrible website, Salt Lake Tribune. I can't get over this. Who designed this piece of garbage? Jeff, it's because the, the trip's of the devil. I'm just saying. I, I mean, I'm, just I, I'm glad they're trying to do this nonprofit thing, and that's cool. I, they'll get to that. I just, ah, whatever. Their, their website is mostly ads and... Everything else is beneath the fold. So lock you down. The headline reads: Senator Mike Lee says KSL.com is too liberal and wants the church to sell it. I love this headline for so many reasons. For one, you have a public official, a, a public official attacking the press, and then saying, and then say, saying the church, a, a religious body that owns it, should sell it. So a politician is going after the press, and then pushing for a religious institution to do something with its own private property. There's so much interesting stuff happening here right now uh, with what Mike Lee is doing. He's the greatest senator from Utah, as everyone knows, because... Absolutely, Jim. Massive backbone, that one. Speaks for, actually, he's done the He's partnered for, on a couple of good bits of legislation here and there. Anyway, this is just... This, this just cracks me up. This is cracking me up that the KSL is too liberal. Kurt... You are more conservative than I am. Yes, I'm a fan of Mike Lee, and that's and that's wrong, but that's fine. What <laughs> do you think? KSL church owned KSL is too liberal. I would love a Utah, a conservative Utah's insight into this. Okay. Who's not Mike Lee? To be honest, I haven't had a lot of time to think about it, and I typically only hear KSL. And I, obviously, I think he's referring to KSL.com specifically, not just KSL in total, right? What? Because I think the the story talked about how they're sort of different entities. They, I mean, I'm sure they are fashion. in some sense. I mean, there's well, because there's KSL the the broadcast the network, news, and there's KSL.com, right. which supports that. I imagine legally they function in different ways. Sure, yeah. but right. So um, I I typically just don't engage with KSL enough to maybe uh, 
take out my liberal ruler and determine that. But it was interesting, and just like reading through it, like his argument is that this is owned by a organization that stands by their uh, political neutrality, and so if they own an organization where maybe the the staff or writers or however that works takes it in a certain direction politically, should they own it, right? Or should they have a relation to it? And yeah, I don't, again, I haven't thought about it a lot, but I hadn't, when I hadn't considered that KSL.com was sort of separate from KSL in general. And and it goes back to the the article Tiffany was talking about a few weeks ago where there's that petition going around of a BYU student, like there's certain, oh, forget yeah, the like details. Restore like, the religious integrity of it. I'll yeah. That one. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, Tiffany brought up the point of, that she disagreed with it, that you need opposing views in college. However, I don't think I would disagree with Tiffany that in the context of BYU, I don't think they're saying that you can't have opposing view, but I would say as a church-owned institution, can we at least rally around certain doctrinal points that, yes, we believe in Christ here, and so if somebody is teaching a class about against Christianity, or if, I mean, of course we wouldn't have a a, uh, a class, you know, bring in a... Um, certain podcasters to talk about why, uh, you know, anti-Mormon perspective or, or proof that the Book of Mormon is is not historical or, or these things. Like, I think there's some level of standard that we can have of saying, yes, if people come here for a, a uh, you know, perspective, a certain perspective, uh, a foundational perspective on top of these other maybe secular, scientific, or whatever principles they learn about. And so... I don't think for the sake of just having opposing views or differing perspectives, we should just let any perspective to come in. And so I think that's somewhat related to KSLs. Like, okay, is this a neutral organization? Because here's proof that it's not, you know, from his opinion type thing. So, yeah. And um, while you were talking there, I looked up, yeah, like you said, how they function differently because the broadcast part of it's owned by Bonneville Communications, but KSL.com is owned by Deseret Digital Media. Lee is arguing that that causes some of the disconnect. And like you said, like it's uh, it's causing them to run off the rails in his opinion. And like you said, I mean, if the church, if it's a Deseret entity, yeah, that's the weirdest line too. It's like the church is fine owning stuff and making money off of things that don't even necessarily represent the church. And that's one thing not to represent yeah. the church's official voice. Sometimes they even run counter to it. Like I still crack up when you go to City Creek, which the church partially owns, and there'll be like, you know, there's the H&M, and the H&M has – there's women's shoulders on display at H&M, Kurt, is what I'm right. saying. Just, yeah. just and, and there have been some people that made the argument that the church should not own that because of those stores existing, and I think this is a it's similar kind of the, argument yeah, on I mean. the other end, right? Yeah. And I and again, I'm, I'm a fan of Mike Lee, but uh, I, would, I, would, I would bet that if someone could prove that maybe it was leaning too far conservatively – that he'd have the same opinion and saying this isn't right. Like there, you should be a news, you know, non-biased organization to best of your ability, however those terms work, and and just give the news how it is, right? But it's an interesting, and the, I think the headline does make it sound more Mickey Mouse than. Yeah, I mean, in some of the coverage he's pointed out, I get where he's coming from, but I don't think some of it's like like like. There's one where he talks about KSL tweeted that President Trump praised the supporters of QAnon a convoluted pro-Trump conspiracy theory and suggested he appreciates their support of his candidacy. So it is how you choose to phrase it because what, right. because basically what Trump has said is that like, I don't know a lot about him, but I understand they like me very much. Right. And so he did suggest that he appreciates their support of his candidacy. 
And he did praise them because he said they, they love our country. It's just you, you choose what lens you filter things through. Yes. But I think Mike Lee should probably focus on like actually legislating or something instead. Yeah. Instead of, you know, just the do nothing Mitch McConnell. And it was so continue on there, Kurt. <laughs> Obstructionism well, is not a policy. That's all I have to say. Since we're in the political realm, let's see, there's some, uh, this, uh, I think they've talked, I don't know if the twin sisters talked about this, but a little as far bit, as like the, bit, yeah. the, the, the courting that's happening for the, the Latter-day Saint vote, right. And evangelicals. And, and there seems to be a concerted effort from both campaigns that they're trying to frame things like, Hey, I knew a missionary once, uh, vote for me, <laughs> you know, that, that sort yeah. of thing. Um, and, and there's. And I don't know if there's this is another article. It's sort of blending together in my mind. But there, there's sort of this. Uh, I don't know if there, this is actually polling or things. But this, this movement thinking that it, it looks like a lot of Latter Day Saints who typically vote red are going blue, right? And and see how that rolls out. So, and and that these ten, you know, five to ten points in some areas like Arizona. It seems like Arizona is the, the state where this can have the most impact on as far as the, the actual delegate count, right? Or the, uh, what do you call those points that, you know what I mean, Jeff. I'm enjoying You're the you. political genius. Yes, I'm a political <laughs> genius. Electoral, yeah, you got your electoral votes. Yeah. Electoral votes. Thank you. Um, yeah. So anyway, Arizona, it will be interesting. Arizona is definitely the one where it's going to matter the most. I mean, in Utah's case, I think we assume Utah is still just going to vote Republican. Should I even go vote, Jeff? I mean, no, really. don't, don't. All the Republicans in Utah stay home. <laughs> and then it'll just be like Salt Lake, Midvale, and Park City carrying the day. Woo! Right. Um, right. Yeah. I. Utah won't move, but it'll be interesting to see how it does fare. I mean, it's Utah. Like, you know, in any other election in 20, whatever it was, 2012, of course, Mitt Romney ran. That was kind of another different beast. That was a different right. Mitt Romney, too. That was before Mitt Romney became a rhino and started hating our country. So Thank everyone you, in Utah. I'm glad you said it. And like standing up for the rule of law and terrible ideas like that. So um, they voted overwhelmingly for Mitt Romney. It's Utah. Utah votes very Republican all the time. Yeah. But in 20. And especially if they're a Latter day Saints. Especially. But in 2016, it did vote underwhelmingly for Trump. Trump only got a plurality of the vote, which is unheard of in Republican Utah. A little bit different there because Evan McMullen ran. And you could either argue, well, if McMullen hadn't run, would his votes have gone to Trump? Or you could argue if McMullen hadn't run, would his votes have gone to Hillary? Because Hillary did better regardless than she should have normally in Utah. And if that had been the case, Hillary actually would have won Utah, which is, it's you know, it's all conjecture. But uh, right. so I'll be curious to see without a McMullen in the race, what happens in Utah this time around. But like you said, Arizona, Arizona's tilting Biden, but it's going to be very interesting when you've got a sizable Latter-day Saint population there. And if if both sides do enough outreach, I mean, obviously the Trump campaign wants to get any on the fence, on the bubble, Republicans to be like, no, 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 vote for your guy. Close the gap here. Don't let this. Don't, don't let Arizona go blue because Arizona is looking like it might go very blue. It already elected one Democratic senator, and it looks like it might elect Joe Biden. And Mark Kelly is looking to thump Martha McSally out of office pretty easily, which would mean Arizona would suddenly become a blue state, like uh, at the national level, pretty pretty convincingly. So yep. interesting stuff. It is very interesting stuff to follow. I just love that Latter Day Saints are suddenly. We're suddenly important. You know, we got this article here about the Biden campaign directly going after faith voters, like or at an organizational level. Um, 
And it should note, we've talked about Latter-day Saints for Trump, and then there's Latter-day Saints for Biden-Harris. They do function differently, just for anyone who's curious. So uh, and I hope I don't get this totally wrong. Latter-day Saints for Trump is basically bought and owned by the Trump organization. Their website is a subdomain of Trump.com, and it's paid for by the Trump org. It's, it's run by the Trump organization. Latter-day Saints for Biden, on the other hand, does some things in concert with the Biden campaign, but the Biden campaign does not own or run or fund them. Uh, which gives them a little bit more editorial freedom in many ways too. Um, and you might see if you look at the two organizations, which one clearly has more money behind it because the Trump side of it has like a whole website and board of directors and all kinds of nonsense, right? And I, what are you going to do? So I think that's that's curious to watch. And I mean, it's even in Politico. Like that's what amazed me just the other on Sunday. The, the headline article was Mormons rejected Trump as blasphemous. Now he can't win without them. So interesting stuff, Kurt. Make the right yeah, choice. Yeah, November's... November's going to be fun, huh? Yeah, let's see where we're at here. Uh, oh, and another one we'll link to there. There's a group of LDS women calling for change. They're appealing to the female, but we didn't talk about that one. But similar similar subject area. You know, it's just women. We don't have to talk about them and their problems, right? We don't need to. We don't do that on this show. It's fine. <laughs> so hot off the press, the the university or the day universe, the daily universe, um, BYU has has shown an is a, a, a game day shirt or warm up shirt. Um were warm up shirts a thing in the past like I know like it seems like it's a thing now, but I think they've been become thing, more of a thing. But I'm also like the it's a, worst person to ask about BYU football. Well no, I'm not saying just BYU I'm saying like sports in general. Like you see the Black Lives Matter shirts yeah, and yeah. the NBA and things and I think they've become and more other of sports a thing than they used to be. Right. It's sort of like I could, I have an opportunity to wear a T-shirt that communicates a message while I warm up, rather than just my standard. I mean, why just go to work when work can mean something right. instead? Right, right. So these shirts uh, have "Love One Another" on the back. So it says the Daily uh, Universe broke the news that uh, showing the shirts branded with inspirational and unifying messages. The Cougars travel from their hotel to Navy Marine Memorial Stadium in the shirts with the social the, the team's social media team sharing a video of the dozens of players all decked out yeah, matching good. navy blue yeah so it's uh, on the front it has a one saying we are one and the back it says love one another I like it yeah I mean good on that I would love the I would love to purchase one I don't know I don't think they're for sale Oh come on you've but got I would buy you've one got contacts come on man I I, I maybe do you, but you, I don't think you're a fixture the, educator BYU bookstores open Oh, it's on. You come on. You can do this and get me one too. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I know this is your. It's like those. Lim- your team. It's like those limited run Twim T-shirts that I still have. A couple of. You have a box somewhere. We have a handful of Twim T-shirts. What- okay, folks, we're using this for our 500 by 500 campaign. Everybody who gives a fifty dollar donation, yes. I will make sure you give. You get a T-shirt. It's um, they're they're kind of a crack up. They're in they're Twim orange. If you like our podcast, like our cover oh, art yes. color. Like a, like, that's like a bright yeah. orange, right? They're twim orange. And I think they say this week in Mormons on the front. And on the back, it's, they say where the poop hits the fan because Al put these together without consulting me. <laughs> he didn't run the copy by Not me. really. And it literally says poop. It's not, I'm not being euphemistic. Oh, it says poop. We miss, we miss Al. I think there should be some type of, he needs to show up at least every 15 episodes. Okay. I'm just saying. Well, you know, we've all got lives. Uh, over here, at, uh, we're going to talk about the ratings of Mormon movies on IMDb, an area of esoterica that you did not think you needed to learn about, but you do. 
And uh, this is over at, I always pronounce it wrong, Zelofahad's Daughters. Zelofahad's Daughters. Zelopehahade Daughters. Should I know what that word means? I believe it's someone from the scriptures. Okay. <laughs> Good, you don't know it either. <laughs> the daughters of Zelophehad were five sisters mentioned in the Hebrew Bible in Numbers 27 who lived at the end of the Israelites' exodus from Egypt as they prepared to enter the promised land and who raised before the Israelite community the case of a woman's right and obligation to inherit property in the absence of a male heir in the family. Zelophehad, meaning dark shadow, a man of the tribe of Manasseh, had five daughters but no sons and therefore no male heirs. There you go. Wow. Okay. So this is a fun little goofy thing. Basically, uh, it's a long read, but the long and short of it, rather, is to go on the Internet Movie Database, IMDb, and they looked at the ratings for anything that is a Mormon film, as they would call it. And there's criteria laid out in the article, but it essentially means it has to have so many ratings— um, it doesn't have to be produced by the church, but it can be, but it could be produced by others, you know, Hailstorm Entertainment to build the comedies or, um, you know, Living Scriptures has made things, whatever it might be. Uh, so for example, they say like Johnny Lingo is included, even though it doesn't mention the church, but it was made by BYU, but something like Napoleon Dynamite, which prominently features Mormons and seems very Mormony. If you've been to Preston, Idaho, is not like a Mormon film. Okay. Um, and it also needs to have a uh, positive view of Mormonism, meaning I don't think they're including ratings for ones that are just like, you know, like the God makers and films that are just that exist to critique the church. Not that those films can't exist, but for this exercise, it doesn't work. So anyway, um, it's pretty funny to look at the differences between genders, why are films rated the way they are, uh, the average rating of Mormon movies by type, church-made ones about scriptures and history rate the highest, church-made others the next, not church-made or, but still about scripture and history is next. And the lowest ranked ones in general are not church made or other, which I would assume would fall more along the lines of, I mean, I don't know if it's not even scripture or history, what's that going to be? It's going to be the singles ward and the home teachers. And, uh, I'm trying to think I'm of trying to, uh, what about, uh, cause other, oh, what are those? Well, other ones like, you know, Ephraim's rescue and things are based, yeah, those yeah, are yeah. based in history though. So I'm assuming that's the other rating, oh, yeah, right? Yeah. So that's why there's not that many that are, Latter, like contemporary type. Latter-day Saint films that don't involve anything based on history or whatever else. You know, you get the idea. I think many of you know this. Women tend to like everything more than men. Go figure. Um, but I do enjoy that ones that are, whether there's things that are scripture stories, scripture adjacent, inspirational stories rate differently. But the section I like the most, and again, you should all just go read this because it's better. Yeah, it's, I it's can't cover all Interesting. But just rating distributions. And what that means is, of all the ratings that the film might have, the distribution of ones all the way to tens. Okay, so you see, you'll get a curve in that sense with most ratings. Like, where's the average? Where's the mode? Where's the median? All that sort of stuff. But there's some curiosities at play here. So they take the t- great film Church Ball, the 2006 movie, yeah, classic. Yeah, it's a real special one. That one's funny because it's obviously LDS, but they went out of their way when they made it not to say it was <laughs> and they even tried to get some sort of names in it because like Gary Coleman and I think Clint Howard are in it or something. Anyway. Yeah, whoever the bishop was, he recently passed away, but Wilford Brimley? A funny guy. No, 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 no. No, no, no. I forget the actor's name. Well, some of these are like church ball where there's, it's totally messed up. There's not a natural curve. You have a bunch of ones 
like almost 25% give it a one star and then almost 15% give it 10 stars or just a rating of 10. So these, these massive polls on either side here. And it, the author assumes this is because of people just like trashing on church movies or being anti-Mormon and just like just voting it, you know, um, rating bombing it, as we say, review bombing, which is a real thing. Or on the other side of it, hopeful Latter-day Saints who give everything church-ish a 10 because, you know, like, this is great. And if it's elevated, people will take it seriously. And then they'll, like, watch church ball and they'll be like, oh, my gosh, I want to play church ball. And, like, maybe we can learn more about the gospel and this will be a great missionary tool. Um, there's that side. Hey, the Book of Mormon musical worked, Jeff. Sure. For several people. And then within that, you've got a normal curve. Like, here the distribution seems to be that an actual five that seems to be, like, a legitimate rating within that. And so a lot of them are like that. But there's other ones that are a little bit more normal, like Saints and Soldiers just kind of averages around a seven. Meet the Mormons also has sort of the polar end of it. So it's got 10 is by far the highest. And I know this, and, and this one's straight proselytizing, right? Meet the Mormons is, is for no reason than proselytizing PR. That's why it exists. You don't watch it for funsies or anything like that, really. So it's got a ton of 10s, 50% 10s, but then a sizable number of ones from people who probably say, like, what's this all about? <laughs> like, what are you selling me? Um, the one that I love that gets slammed hard is the Book of Mormon movie, Volume 1, The Journey. Oh. I'd like to remind you all that this was back when the makers of the Book of Mormon movie, and this is not to be confused with the Book of Mormon videos that are coming out right now, uh, the makers planned to make a series of films, a, a, a Marvel Cinematic Universe, if you will, a Book of Mormon Cinematic Universe covering different parts of the Book of Mormon, feature-length films from beginning to end. Uh, they only ever made volume one because it was such garbage. So this one gets almost a 45% distribution of ones and then way fewer tens. So I have to think that even a lot of Latter-day Saints recognize it's a bad film. Of course. Oh, that I mean, there's no way you could see it any other way. Um, just, we'll get off oh. this in a second. So the top-rated overall... Do you know what the top-rated overall film is, according to of Latter-day Saint films on IMDb? Um, uh, Praise to the Man. No, that's number three. Oof. Number one is The Mountain of the Lord. I will not move from this place. I, the Lord has <laughs> I was going to say that. Such a, such a great line. I, I actually, I, oh, my goodness. I discovered The Mountain of the Lord on my mission, and I was like, dude, that movie rocked. That one was great. I love that. I know. Um, I love it. And then Nora's Christmas <laughs> Gift, which I don't even know. Is number two. You don't know Nora's Christmas gift? I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm too busy watching Cobra this Kai. Christmas, I don't know what these things are. This blind woman and this miracles of Jesus and she spills baking soda and the cookies. I mean, that, that, you've that got- ring a bell a little bit, the baking soda. The yeah. Cookies. There's like, they do this nativity play. That's I'm just grasping. Then, I don't remember the whole- Speaking of Christmas, number four after Praise of the Man is Mr. Kruger's Christmas. Of course. And then number five, shockingly to me, is the Testaments because the Testaments is kind of bad, uh, but it's rated pretty well. Jacob, you are you're a specter, you are a specter of the specter. gods. <laughs> yeah, that. Um, the lowest the lowest rated ones the lowest rated one overall is the Book of Mormon movie volume one, and then yeah. uh, I don't know all these other ones. You've got One Man's Treasure, which I think I know One Man's Treasure. Don't I know what that? This will have to go in Latter Day Saint video um, our series covering. Mormon. It's it's not the the Italian guy who finds the Book of Mormon. No, that's how great a treasure and that movie's awesome. That's right. I'm not sure. I'm looking at One Man's Treasure at Deseret Book. Is this what this one is? Come on, Deseret Book, show me. Um, if this is the one, I don't know if this is the one. It, or it could be in that hard-to-find Latter-day Saint films or whatever. Okay, well, I wish they would have linked to the originals. Uh, Rescued, 
scout scout camp which i'm assuming is a bad mormon comedy and church ball so congratulations everyone a fun little read um it breaks it down by men and women yeah if you're a movie person it's worth it's really funny when it does it by women because then it becomes all these random especially the non-faith ones like pride and prejudice in emma's footsteps jane and emma saturday's warrior from 1989 uh, men love Dear John, Saints and Soldiers, but men also love the Book of Mormon movie, Volume 1, The Journey. <laughs> of course, man, those pecs on Nephi. Now, I understand, according to Mormon folklore, that he joined the, the man playing Nephi was not a member of the church, and he joined the church because of his experience. All right. Track, this, track him down, Kurt. This is a future twin uh, interview. Make it I'm happen, find Jeff. this guy right here. <laughs> So speaking of ratings and reviews, Jeff, I don't want to take you too far off this. This. Article, oh no, you're good. You're good. We have, can move on. If you need a fun activity, have you ever looked up your church building on Google Maps and looked at the reviews? I, I guess actually, at times I have. Yes. That this is happened. interesting. I, I've just did this, and there's like mostly five stars, and it says things like, "Oh, the the uh, mill ward is great. Come and visit. This place is great." Amazing, right? This is definitely yeah. Latter-day Saints doing this. But then there's this random one-star rating that has a picture of the lobby, and that's it. And the lobby seems very clean and put together. Maybe they're critiquing and, the new the rules foyer. about artwork in the lobbies. Yeah, maybe. Anyways, and it'd be worth, this is a great uh, sort of secondary missionary activity, is you go to, find your your Google, your church on Google Maps, and leave a positive review and share inviting people to come. Anyways, that's see, I've I have seen these now. The more you're, now, I'm thinking about it more and more. But what, doesn't it also just kind of scan kind of weird? Like if you look at it, and it gets five stars, and everyone's just like, "It's wonderful, come, come, come." It's like okay, so the Mormons review bombed their own meeting house. How are you going to get a real no review from a real person? Hey, Google doesn't know that. I, I would like invest. I would like failed investigators or attorneygators to be the ones who leave the reviews. That would be more. That would be interesting. <laughs> it would be entertaining. Maybe we call out to the Zelophehad's daughters to write up a f- post about Google. Let's look at my. Let's churches. look at mine here. My church building is let's, thankfully right up the street. There's got to be some good ones. Forty-one reviews and five stars. Oh, I I left a review. A year ago. <laughs> you forgot. My review says, ready? Ready? My review says, quote, the gospel is true, and then I'm also partial to the seemingly unfixable drinking fountain. Because we have a drinking fountain that they've fixed, I kid you not, seven times. And I don't know why it's always broken. It... Well, it better be clean, Jeff. Very warm and friendly. The church is so welcoming. Come on, somebody, give me. I want to find a... Oh, oh, a one star from a year ago. Oh, <laughs> Oh my gosh. I should show someone my bishop. Sorry. Beyond disrespectful. This church oh boy. This church has a giant parking lot, and yet when they hold an event, they put their DJ in the far back corner that is lined up to the houses so all they can hear is loud booming. That DJ is my bishop, and that is his equipment. Yep. Are you yeah, I know exactly what this is. <laughs> we have, you gotta show we have, whenever we have either our big we have you used to have like a big spring barbecue that he loves throwing on our bishop and he he makes like jerk chicken and all this stuff, or when they do even um Trunk or treat, we do it three wards, and he just DJs in the back and plays like Halloween music. Okay, that's a crack up. Maybe we should like let the neighbors know next time we're doing something. Yeah, yeah. Take him a casserole and let him know we're gonna be we're gonna be up past nine o'clock with the kiddos over Kurt, here. Kurt, you've made me a better person. Thank you. 
I want to be more aware of my because there are literally there's just like houses right behind our building. Shocker, right? A suburban church building, but uh, imagine that. So. All right, that was good. What do you think, Jeff? Should we wrap this up? These are the rest are sort of three the rest ways. Tapcast does Star Wars. Yeah, like yeah. Girl loves uh, I just want to note everyone that the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City apparently has a premiere date, and as we said on our Facebook feed, this is just 2020 continuing to inflict its special form of suffering on all of us. November 11th. You can watch trash. And the sad thing is I know there's going to be a lot of members of the church who watch this because they're the same people who watch The Bachelor. I, it's a train wreck, Jeff. It's not that we want to. It's You can't look I away. get it. I get it. You're going to watch it. You're going to lie. I don't have it, Bravo, Jeff. so I don't, I don't have cable. Oh. I don't know. If and I my mom know. got rid of YouTube TV, so I can't mooch off her account anymore. So I've got... <laughs> Does she still have Netflix? So you, at least we all different people in my it. family share different accounts. I'm the Disney Plus holder for everyone, for example. <laughs> Every every family, every I mean, I will neither confirm nor de- nor deny that this is happening in my family. They know it happens. Oh sure, they can see IP addresses and things, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm. So, let's see here. Oh well, look at him, Noah Dalton Danby. That's the one who played Nephi in the Book of Mormon movie. This episode's for you, Noah. Find his Instagram. You know, I follow uh, one of the actors from one of the Temple movies uh, on. Instagram and they have a a lovely family and it's fun to see them audition for I'm guessing that's things. for Temple Movie number two. Formerly Temple Movie yes. number two. Oh now made the yes. Temple now, I mean do they even now, exist? Now the anymore? Temple Movie. Who knows? Is yeah, but it's now like still frames, yes. right? Of that. I've yeah. I've been back mm-hmm. once since they did that. It's uh, hard with kids and the temple was in Philadelphia because we haven't had a temple for like three years in DC. Thanks, COVID. But it shortens the session, right? It did, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was a little bit shorter. But I'm not there, so I can like look at my watch and wonder when it's going to be over, Kurt. Okay. Unlike you, apparently. Oh, hey, I got I got people to serve, Jeff. I can't just be serving the other side of the veil all day. It's so rough, and apparently we heard the DC Temple's done too. They did all the work; it's done. But because of COVID, because the open house, Prestige. the open house was going to be later this month. Um, and we've that's a topic for another time. But it does make me. I'm not genuinely bothered by it because I understand it's a valuable missionary tool and a PR tool, especially a temple here in DC. Yeah. And that's a classic. It's a classic temple. I get it. You want the hoopla and the impact from it. I totally get it. But it is kind of funny knowing the temple's done. And in theory, they could just like quietly rededicate it. It's like, maybe so like the saints can like back to temple worship, you know, the important part, but I guess the missionary and PR effort outweighs whatever redemption of the dead might take place for the next five months until we we'll, can... we'll handle it here in utah Jack. thank you all right the land of phase two you guys are crushing it that's right oh, man we're up the exaltation ladder here we go anyway folks if you want to find kurt he's still doing some he's still doing a virtual conference that we talked about when we had when that's we right. had um tyler lefever on a few weeks ago yeah that was, that was a good, good one, one. Um, that was a good one yeah Kurt, tell them about your conference real quick in case you want to. Yeah, so uh, obviously uh, Leading Saints, we're podcasts ourselves, and you can find us where you're listening to this, but we are focusing on a virtual conference at the moment called L- L- LGBT Saints Virtual Summit, and you can go to leadingsaints.org slash LGBT and either jump into, uh, we're releasing two sessions a day that are free to watch, and so you can jump in and catch those, or uh, I'm sure we'll make some available and rebroadcast it at a sooner than later date. So join us and learn. Please do. Kurt's a nice person, everybody. Should do it. Thanks, Jeff. 
We're best friends. Is Mike now. Lee going to be appearing at this conference? Uh, his schedule, scheduling conflicts. When are you going to interview Mike up. Lee? Uh, I've been to Mike Lee's office and I mean, you've uh, gone as high as the, as the governor presumptive now of Utah. That's right. Yep. Me and uh, I call him Spence, yeah. but <laughs> you know, yeah. Good times. Well, everybody, you can, of course, like we said earlier, Patreon's great. Please join us on Facebook and uh, Instagram and Twitter. Follow us on there. Conference is coming up, too. You're going to want to be a part of it during conference. We put out a lot of content during conference. It's a fun weekend because on top of being nourished by the good word, you can be nourished by our sarcastic word, and it's fun. Uh, And please subscribe to the show if you haven't done so. And please leave us a review if it's a good one. If it's not a good one, keep it to yourself. If you can't say something nice, you know the whole expression. But help us out. Come on. we got people out there to vanquish podcast to, to quell we're almost 11 years old people let's do this we're, we're 500 by 500 folks let's do this yeah like literally next year will be the year they let us become a deacon because we'd be turning 12 at some point so think about that <laughs> kurt i appreciate you being here thanks jeff thanks for having me this was fun. nice to have you These stories were at least much more engaging than past stories i've had to wrestle with in this it's all you <laughs> so kurt's basically saying a lot of the time when i'm on the show it sucks but right now, I right. feel rejuvenated. I feel, and we hope you also feel rejuvenated, everyone. Keep the faith. Be strong. Uh, times are still tough, but you know, hang in there. They're going to be okay. Just be good. Be responsible. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. So for Kurt, I'm Jeff. This has been This Week in Mormons. Be well, be holy, and be happy. Bye-bye. This Week in Mormons.com It's over!